check us out in Michigan on the first weekend of November at Grand Rapids Comic Con. Hope to see you there. This episode brought to you by Stamps.com. Why go to the store to get stamps when you can have them printed right at home for your convenience? Also brought to you by Shady Rays. Fits style and performance sunglasses without the big brand price. Isn't it? Yes, it's the button eyes. We're your other uncle lies in ant despair, and this is your other studio. Well, what about the other, other studio? Oh, we gave up on that months ago. Yeah, I don't know if you're aware of this, but it takes money to fix those. So we made a deal with the devil. Sup. So why does everybody have button eyes then? Well, it's a long, complicated story with many layers to it. Just looks cool. It just looks cool. But everyone is here, like other Zack Snyder. This place is great! Here, my cut of Justice League isn't the only good DC movie I got! Other Chester and Doe? Oh, Mr. McCritic! In this world, we're incredibly successful business owners! Yes, we only dress this way because we're eccentric! Other chart guys? The chart says we should think for ourselves! I think we should follow the charts! Agreed! Also, this place is great! Other Jim? I ain't doing that pop in the frame shit. The eyes are enough. Even other Metadog is here. I'm too meta for the buttons. Oh, so you're a pain here too. Actually, I looked at the script and I think the analogy you have planned is pretty great. Oh, well, thank you. Though I don't think I'm a popular enough character for a callback. Thanks, we're good. How many views did Grumpy Cat Christmas get again? You can go now. Sure, I'll just duck down, pretend I vanished. Okay, actually, things do seem a bit better here. Yes, this is the perfect place to host Nostalgia-ween. As well as the perfect spot to review Coraline. What's Coraline? You know, it's stop motion movie from Leica Studios. What the hell's Leica Studios? Oh, he must be talking about Will Vinton Studios. Oh shit, we're doing this? Ah uh, yes, Will Vinton Studios is still very much alive here. Yeah, I don't know if I want to go down this road. Why? Did something happen between Will Vinton and Leica Studios in your world? No, they got along great. Don't look it up. In fact, we got this amazing film out of it. Okay, whatever your thoughts are on the creation of this company, I'm not businessman, I wasn't there, I don't know what went down. There's no doubt that Leica is one of the most impressive animation studios around. They combine artistically pleasing films with surprisingly mainstream success, making the weird, creepy, but likable movies people who love stop motion want to see. And their first slash arguably biggest step was with Coraline. Released in 2009 and directed by an already iconic director when it comes to Halloween, Henry Selick, Coraline was based on the Neil Gaiman novella and is everything you would want a movie like this to be. It's dark, it's creative, it's visually stunning. It's got an aggressive edge to it, but also an amazing amount of charm. 
Its button eyes are about as iconic as Pinocchio's long nose. You immediately recognize it and connect it to freaky scenarios about as terrifying as Pinocchio too. It's another one of those intense movies parents have no problem showing their kids because they accept it as the right way to scare kids. A way that's inventive, imaginative, and teaches some familiar but still relevant lessons. So why has this film grown more popular around Halloween and thank God hasn't gotten a sexy costume release? Well, let's take a closer look. While I'm back at the studio, that seems just as normal as before. Maybe even more normal. Let's take a look at Coraline. We open on the unintentional Wes Anderson apartments where movers, who look too specifically designed not to be based on somebody, there you go, are moving in the Jones family. There's the mother, played by Terry Hatcher, the father, played by John Hodgman, and Coraline, played by Dakota Fanning. The name was actually a misspelling from Gaiman of Caroline, but when he saw the O replace the A, he said, there has to be somebody with that name, I wonder what her story is, and immediately wrote this book. After the in-joke mover is given an in-joke tip, Coraline quickly discovers there's nothing to do but be bored, and be terrorized by one of the skeleton pikers from Batman Returns. Ooh, uh, let me guess, you're from Texas or Utah, someplace dried out and barren, right? This is YB, played by Robert Bailey Jr who was originally not in the book, but was created because they figured there's only so long Coraline could talk to herself. I do feed him every night, and sometimes he'll come in my window and bring me little dead things. Had he only been in the human world, I feel like he would have felt like an add-on, but having another version of him in the other world, even though it's technically not him, weirdly fleshes him out more. At the very least, we learn more about Coraline's thoughts about him when we see her reactions to what constantly happens to him. Fanning is also perfect in this role. I'll be honest, as a child actress, I always found her a little off. I can't say she's bad, but her performances always felt a little more Hollywood than genuine, and for the roles she chose sometimes, that could be a little distracting. But I thought she had mad talent as a voice actress. For whatever reason, her inflections really work well in the animated realm. She finds a believability and likability even when she has to act very bratty. I almost fell down a well yesterday, Mom. Uh-huh. I would have died. That's nice. The stop motion, big surprise, is also crazy impressive. Selk has gotten so good, his stop motion is almost as smooth as CGI, but it is cool seeing this in-between realm of more grand and detail than Nightmare of James, but just a little choppy, so you can still tell it's stop motion. Also, in my opinion, this is the first Selk film that really gets creative with the shots. Don't get me wrong, Nightmare looks great and was a game changer, but a lot of the camera angles were very standard and straightforward. These angles will look amazing in animation or live action. It really feels like they could explore the camera placement as opposed to be limited by it. You and Dad get paid to write about plants, and you hate dirt. Coraline, I don't have time for you right now. I'll admit at first I was thrown off by how dismissive and even mean sometimes the parents could be, but as I get older, I understand a bit more. In most movies, they would be workaholics and they'd be the ones who'd have to change, but they clearly had a busy time in their lives. If you pay attention to the little details, you notice they're moving while still having to work, nothing is unpacked, they got circles under their eyes, they're recovering from an accident, and Coraline is being a typical little shit like any kid at that age would. Oh, count all the doors and windows and write that down. Just let me work. All things considered, it's kind of amazing they're as put together as they are in this flick. They're just not the overly put together parents we see in so many other animated movies or overly bad, they just got a lot going on. Also, I knew I was gonna love this character when she entered a room like this. 
That's such a little detail. They didn't need to animate her doing that, but they did. And it gets across so well how much energy she has pent up, but no proper outlet for it. Like I said, a good chunk of the storytelling is the little touches sprinkled throughout. Some kid left this on the front porch. After finding a dull version of herself, she discovers a being John Malkovich door that leads to a different world. Mom? You're just in time for supper, dear. I'm your other mother, silly. The film is very clever at having the colors muted in the real world, but in the other world they're bright and vibrant, trying to be more appealing to her. What's even more clever is as the world gets more nightmarish, the colors become even more vibrant, aggressively vibrant, to where it almost hurts your eyes to look at them. It would have been so easy to have everything go darker and gray as the world gets scarier, but sticking to this route is much more consistent with how it started out. My father can't play piano. No need to. This is Coraline's other mother and other father, who love giving her the perfect world and perfect family she always desired. In the way every kid imagines a perfect family, making everything about the kid. Making up a song about Coraline. Random note, that's a They Might Be Giants song. That's even John Leno's voice singing it. Originally the movie was gonna be a musical like Selleck's other films, but they decided they wanted this one to be a bit more aggressive, so they cut them out. I understand why they did it, but I feel like this film would be pretty cool as a musical. I guess they did a stage musical down the line, but not with the They Might Be Giants songs. Come on, if Disney can remake everything under the sun with movies, why can't we remake stage shows? Or just this one. Or just make me happy. Just make me happy! See you soon. Coraline returns home and finds the little door is all bricked up. Of course, her parents think she only dreamed the adventure and they encourage her to go bug the neighbors. One of them being a Russian animal trainer named Bobinsky, played by Ian McShane. Here, have beat, make you strong. Weird fact that Russian metal is actually based on a real metal, given to people who helped clean up during the Chernobyl power plant disaster. I guess that explains his weird complexion. Again, a lot of little details in this. Caroline, but I see No! <laughs> Man, he almost went from Father Russia to Mother Russia there for a second. The mice asked me to give you message. Do not go through little door. I like the neighbors do help with some of the supernatural elements and aren't just comic relief. Like when Coraline visits two actresses played by Dawn French and Jennifer Saunders. They're called Miss Pink and Miss Forcible. Christ, aren't those some names? Speaking of names, boy, this movie really wants to earn its PG rating, doesn't it? Are those dogs real? Couldn't bear to part with them. So we had them stuffed. I could never do that to my pets. Using their bones to mimic movie posters is more than enough. Oh boy, posthumous modeling. They read her future and see, what a shocker, she's in great danger. As one of them sees a hand that makes quite a few appearances in this actually. I see a giraffe. Giraffes don't just fall from the sky, Miriam. This is a weird criticism, but I'm actually shocked they don't work in a giraffe falling from the sky in this. Tell me they couldn't figure out a way to do it. Coraline goes back to the other world, which is even more lovely than she remembered last time. I can't believe you did this! Mother said you'd like it. I hate to admit I never noticed that in the real world the garden is shaped like the other mother's face. Man, I thought the Schwarzenegger Museum was pushing it trying to shape the town like his head. I thought you'd like him more if he spoke a little less. So I fixed him. I like it. And boys can't talk in this world? All that's missing is a horse bringing a mini spa and a copy of the Barbie movie. This will be every girl's utopia. Also, my crazier is that foreshadowing these three later. The neighbors seem better too, as Bobinski's mice put on maybe the weirdest moving animation in the movie. And the actresses are still pretty nightmare fuelish.
so I'm not gonna lie. I don't like how these dogs look in real life. So the idea of an entire audience of them looking at me smiling is kinda like the eyes wide shut ball all looking at me. It's 11 herbs and spices of uncomfortable. A big boss from sea witch. Okay, I take it back. This is all those things I said one sentence ago. To present an alluring display. I should point out this is one of the first stop motion films to be shot in 3D. And while a lot of it did look amazing in the theater, this was like a big screen version of that old lady from The Shining. But all you saw was a close up of her flabbergasters. Twasn't pleasant. You must be the other cat. I'm not the other anything. I'm me. It looks like the cat that keeps looking at Coraline in the real world can talk in this world. And because this film would feel weird without Keith David in it, Keith David plays him. You're clearly the expert on these things. I'm just a big fat wuss puss. No, that's what we saw a second ago. He tells her this place is dangerous and that it's literally too good to be true. You probably think this world is a dream come true, but you're wrong. Don't believe false promises. Jordan Peele's been promising me this for years and I never got a green light. A cameo in Nope isn't enough, Peele. America, shades, shady rays, yes. Gear up for the season ahead with quality shades built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with premium polarized shades and quick swap snow goggles that won't break the bank. Put them on again, there you go. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers an unrivaled product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Shady Rays is life, Shady Rays is gold, it's... It's your mother, but not like in an insulting way, in a good way. Come on, you love your ma. Your mother says durable frame. <laughs> your mother says there's durable frames and world-class optics for all outdoor adventures. And if you're into winter sports, their quick swap snow lenses move effortlessly between full sun to low light environments. I didn't just get this pair. I got another pair as well. Look, like magic, cool magic. Not like that kind that doesn't have sunglasses. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost or broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Which is good because I was thinking about breaking this pair, but I won't because that'd be kind of dumb. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. Shady Rays is also committed to making a difference in communities across the U.S. through their impact program. Teaming up with nonprofits to help people live healthy, courageous lives through some of their most challenging times. I can't really get a laugh out of that one, so I'll just let it sit with you. Okay. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back with personal and fast support. And now here's a dealy deal. Exclusively for our viewers, Shady Rays is giving out an amazing deal for the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use the code NostalgiaCritic for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Go now and see the cool that you've been missing. Stamps? Yes, I had to talk about something else just as cool while wearing these, and stamps is pretty cool. The holiday rush means more mailing and shipping for your business, but it doesn't have to mean more stress. <clears throat> Lost my... 
my voice there for a bit. Stress! Stress! There we go. Stamps.com has been helping businesses like yours save time and money for 25 years, and it can help you get ready for the holiday ramp-up. All you need is Stamps.com's premium rates for all your postage needs. They even send you a free scale so you'll have everything you need to get started. Taking care of orders on the go is even easier with the Stamps.com mobile app. If you need a package pickup, you can easily schedule it through your Stamps.com dashboard. And if you sell products online, like cool sunglasses or stamps, if you sell stamps, actually no, Stamps.com has that, but if you sell something else, Stamps.com seamlessly connects with every major marketplace and shopping cart. You can get mailing supplies, labels, even printers from the supply store. You can also get huge carrier discounts up to 84% off USPS and UPS rates to help your bottom line. And they automatically tell you your cheapest and fastest shipping options. They've been dispensable for over 1 million businesses. That is good for you, good for us, good for America, and good for you. Get your business ready for the holiday rush. Get started with Stamps.com today. <clears throat> Man, what is up in my voice? Today, today. Uh... Sign up for Stamps.com slash nostalgia for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com slash nostalgia and end your sponsorships better than I'm doing right now. Back in the real world, Coraline has to go shopping for a school uniform. When she finds a pair of colorful gloves, she shows them off to her mother, who instantly tells her to put them back. My other mother would get them. Maybe she should buy all your clothes. Actually, on that note, I have to keep reminding myself these two are voiced by the same actress. I know it sounds obvious as Hatcher doesn't change her voice at all, but the personalities are so different and go through so many radically different changes that I have no problem separating them as different people. Look, Coraline. If things go well today, I promise I'll make it up. You know I love you. So, where are they? With that said, uh, it's time to have the button talk. No way! You're not sewing buttons in my eyes! Oh, come on, you haven't even heard our plans for sewing other parts of the body! Uncle Kellogg would be so proud. We get, in my opinion, two of the creepiest parts of the movie. One is when a picture of her friends ask where her button eyes are. Where's your buttons, Loper? You wanna stay, don't you? They try to sound so normal and so matter-of-fact about it, it's weirdly chilling. The other is when Coraline's father starts falling apart and accidentally tells her the truth. Her strength is our strength. Those might be the scariest white gloves I've ever seen since the Cat in the Hat movie. Coraline discovers the illusion only goes so far as the world literally goes in a circle the more she tries to walk away from it. A good visual showing no matter how much she tries to dodge her problems, she'll always end up back to him. Why does she want me? She wants something to love, I think. Something that isn't her. That's such a simple but also disturbing motivation. Most villains want power or recognition or acceptance, but the idea of a villain wanting to care for someone to the point of forcing that care is so unsettling. It's like keeping somebody sick so you can feel needed. On a funny note, when I saw this movie in the theater, I literally heard a kid go... I love mean-spirited kids' films. The other mother finally reveals her true form, which, if you've been watching closely, she sort of was already, and locks Coraline away until she learns to love her. In the room, she's introduced to the other children she's manipulated into handing over their eyes. So she lured us away with treasures and treats, yet we still wanted more. These ghost effects are so good. It's such a simple trick, but it gets really trippy results. And you really feel sorry for these literal poor souls. 
She left us here and ate up our lives. It's like if Lock, Stock, and Barrel were done by an A24 movie. But other YB saves her and shows her the way out. When she gets back home, though, her parents are suddenly gone. Oh, Mom's groceries! Oh. Well, somebody went to Whole Foods. She tries to tell the real YB what's going on, who of course doesn't believe her, but something about his reaction seems funnier than other movies that have similar moments like this. You don't believe me? You can ask the cat! You're not listening to me! That's because you're crazy! Saying the insult getting ready to run away seems so specifically kiddish. The actresses believe her though and give her a viewfinder that seems nonsensical in the real world, but will eventually help her out in the other world. We get both a really sad, but also really funny scene where Coraline makes imitation parents so she doesn't feel alone. Good night, Mom. Good night, Dad. Yet somehow you still ignore me less than my real parents. She figures out they're in the other world, though, so she finally decides to toughen up and save them. Let's head into that wall, Gina, and carve ourselves a witch. But second quest link, as the other mother loves playing games and Coraline says if she can find her parents and the eyes of the ghost children, they can go free. If not, she'll hand herself over. In each of three wonders I've made just for you, a ghost's eye is lost in plain sight. This is one of the few parts of the movie that does drag a touch. The scenes are well done, but because there's four locations to find the eyes and parents in, it kind of feels like there's four climaxes. Which we know these two wouldn't mind. We're already getting ready for the story to start wrapping up, and this feels a little drawn out. With that said, it does go quickly. It takes about 10 minutes to get to the final confrontation. We get a messed up character death with other YB literally being skinned. And it's fun going back and forth, seeing how everything she enjoyed before is transformed. Though I don't care if you turn those dogs into demon bats, it's still not as scary as an audience of them just smiling at you. Be clever, miss. Even if you win, she'll never let you go. Once she finds all the eyes and her parents, she realizes the other mother won't let her go. Most scenes like this require the main character to utilize some abstract thinking or a clever callback, but instead, she just randomly throws the cat at her. I love that something that basically takes no thought ultimately saves the day. She's not out of the woods yet though, as the world transforms into a giant web. Once again, the animation is so smooth here, it's hard to believe it's stop motion. Also, this hallway edging closer and closer is pretty damn freaky. Shut that door! The parents are returned home, but have no memory of being abducted or having Little Caesar breadstick seasoning on their heads. But the mother buys her the gloves from the store. I guess that's a decent reward for saving your folks from a demon monster. It's a fine, fine thing you did for us, miss. The ghosts appear to her in a dream, though, saying even though their spirits are free, the danger isn't over. You're in terrible danger, girl. It's the key, miss. There's only one, and the Belden will find it. Don't you understand, Rachel? She never sleeps. Yep, fake out ending. She has to get rid of the key. And again, while this is pretty short, it's also pretty pointless. I've seen this movie maybe a dozen times, and I always forget this ending is in here. Is there even that big a threat? I mean, what, is the hand actually gonna drag her all the way from outside to the door? Nothing would get in the way during that walk. Yeah! The only thing it does is give YB something to do, which for a character that surprisingly wasn't feeling like an add-on, suddenly feels like an add-on here. I'm really 
really sorry I didn't believe you about all this evil stuff. I guess it's good they bond over something as the last time we saw them they were at their wit's end. But they also patch things up later when it's revealed that one of the ghost kids was actually his grandma's missing sister. So I don't know, I feel like that would have been enough. But whatever, scary movie tropes, I guess. And nobody goes against the tropes. Oh look, April, pink ladies. Elika's things start to calm down, more color slips its way into the real world, with everybody coming together to work in the garden. Again, it's not perfect, but you feel the effort. You were right, Coraline. I really hate dirt. But the tulips look nice. That's the closest to functional family you'll get in this movie, which is honestly closer than other families. And that was Coraline. I absolutely loved it back then, and I absolutely love it now. The stop motion is still a marvel all these years later. The characters still feel genuine and real. And while it has clear callbacks to other dark and surreal kid stories, it still has enough originality to be its own thing. I really like we're getting more and more kids films that are legit trying to be more disturbing and intense. And several of them are coming from Leica Studios. I think Leica's becoming to Halloween in stop motion what Rankin-Bass has become to Christmas in stop motion. I've always felt kids can handle more than we give them credit for, and if something looks too scary, they can usually pick up on it and know when to stop. Looking at the promotional material for this film, though, isn't this the movie you thought you would get as a kid? Something you could follow and understand, but would also be pretty dark and creepy. Coraline doesn't lie or water down what it is, and I think that's why both kids and adults love it so much. It gives you all that imaginative wonder, but doesn't skimp out on the harsh moments or smart writing. It's a perfect Halloween movie to give your kids nightmares, but they'll be the best nightmares they ever had. And you know what? This movie taught me a lesson too. I shouldn't have to go to another realm to get another studio. I'm going back to the real world to wait for the real studio to be done there. Well, have I got good news for you then. You're already there! What? Yep, this is all the same place. We just convinced everyone you know to trick you. We were bored. And you helped out with all this? I haven't been in an episode in a while. You know what, fine. At least you fixed the studio. Well... Oh, now what? What the hell is that? I don't know. Somehow it popped up when we fixed the place. Can't you do anything about it? Me? I don't even know what it is. Fine, we'll just put up with it for the time being. Well, at least we'll be filming the rest of Nostalgia Ween back at the studio! God, I miss my home. I'm just a big fat wusspuss. This month for Cameos for Charity, we're doing Build Chicago. We've worked with this group before, and I can tell you this is a fantastic organization. Their mission is to help build hope, resilience, and a path to a promising future for young people. Reaching over 2,500 youths a year, they work hard to inspire hope and offer opportunities to those who didn't always have access to them. So if you want a cameo of me saying happy birthday or good luck or whatever, click on the link below and be giving to a good cause. Or if you like, no, you suck, I don't like you, you suck, well consider checking out this organization anyway. It's great people doing great work, and you can play a big part in helping out in their efforts.